Welcome to Questions That Matter, a podcast of the C.S. Lewis Institute. I'm your host, Randy Newman, and I'm delighted today my conversation partner is Nancy Guthrie. Nancy teaches the Bible at her home church, Cornerstone Presbyterian Church in Franklin, Tennessee. She writes a number of books and articles. You can find quite a few of her uh, writings and videos uh, at the Gospel Coalition's website. Um, She has written a recent book about the book of Revelation. It's called Blessed, and that's what we'll be talking about today. Uh, Nancy, welcome to Questions That Matter. Thank you, Randy. So glad to be with you and your listeners. Uh, I I want our listeners to know that you also head up a biblical theology workshop for women. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about that. What is that all about? Yeah, I launched those in 2019. I do these workshops around the country and now uh, really uh, around the globe. Um, I'm on a mission, Randy. My mission Mm -hmm. is to infiltrate the women's Bible study of the local church with biblical theology. And when I say biblical theology, I don't mean merely theology that is biblical. Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I really am on a mission to help women really own and grasp the storyline of the Bible. I think a lot of women are like me in that I grew up knowing a lot of stories in the Bible, but I would be a little bit embarrassed for you to know how recently I could actually articulate the story of the Bible, that story that Mm -hmm. runs from Genesis to Revelation. And I really think unless we really have a pretty firm grip on that, that there's lots of parts of the Bible we just don't read, or if we do, we just don't get them because we don't get how they fit in on that storyline. So I'm wanting to help women with that. I'm also hoping to help them um, grow in their understanding of themes that the divine author has written into his book. Uh, You know, whenever we know the, the themes that an author is trying to write in their book, then we're better able to get their message, what they're really trying Mm -hmm. to get across with their story. And so um, at these workshops around the country, and I'm, and I've got a recorded one online. A lot of people pick up on and do. I'm, I'm introducing the idea of themes that the divine author has written into his book, and training women to be able to trace a theme through every part of the Bible, through the Pentateuch and the history books and the wisdom books and prophets and gospels and epistles, and into to the very last book of the Bible, Revelation. Uh, I I, kind of think a lot of times we're bored with our Bibles Mm. and sometimes that's because we just haven't gotten the skills to really get at uh, what the divine author is trying to communicate to us. And so I'm, I I just love doing these workshops. It's fun to see light bulbs go on as uh, those who are at the workshops are finally able to connect some of the scattered stories they're familiar with in Mm -hmm. the Bible and to be able to Mm -hmm. kind of put them together into a coherent whole. Oh man. And, and, you know, your, your passion for that comes through in some things that I've read by you online and uh, some audio. Um, I, this was, this was really helpful for me when I first started grasping the difference between biblical theology and systematic theology. They're both absolutely important and crucial. But I think most Christians are familiar with more the systematic theology, meaning what does the Bible teach about 
whatever topic. What does the Bible teach about God's attributes? What does the Bible teach about prayer? What does the Bible yeah. teach about salvation? And that's that's absolutely crucial. We must do that. But biblical theology says, how do we see God revealing this particular theme as it moves along in scripture? And yeah. that's, you're right, it's a different set of skills. Well, they're obviously overlapping, but there are some skills and new muscles we need to develop. Yeah. So I'm I'm very excited about your ministry. Um, I think that, you know, there's something about us as modern Americans that we became more, for, certainly more focused and adept in systematic theology. Somewhere along the way, we lost the biblical theology. I, I've tried to figure out exactly how that happened. I, I, I tend to think, Randy, it has to do with our American pragmatism. Hmm, and right. Yeah, that, I'm afraid so. That we, at some point, we got a little too concerned with um, the practicality of being able to read a passage and saying, you know, then, so what am I supposed to do? And seem to have lost, what does this show me about what Christ has done? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Because maybe that doesn't feel as, you know, like we can do as much with that. But of course, that's what leads us to love Christ more and to long more for his return and to see how sufficient and beautiful and necessary Jesus Christ is for us, that the Bible is so much more about who he is and what he has done than about what we're supposed to do. Mm, mm. And, and you know, I'm, we're, we're, you, when you're saying about pragmatism, if, if all we really need are just some pragmatic pieces of information about how to live, the, the Bible is um, amazingly and unnecessarily long and, 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 and complex. And why would it be in all of these different um, genres of literature if it was mm-hmm. just a book of instructions, right? Yeah. But instead, it's, you know, it's giving us historical narrative and wisdom sayings and prophetic literature uh, you know, as well as, you know, some of this didactic instruction. So mm-hmm. we need all of it to get yeah. the message that God has for us. And I just think it's an incredible thing that the God who made the world has condescended to speak to us in human language that you and I can understand. And mm. if he has spoken and he is speaking, which, you know, you get to the book of Hebrews, he read the writer refers to the Old Testament. He says, the Holy Spirit says he's still speaking. And mm. I just think, let's lean in and listen. We, we want to hear everything he has to say to us. Mm. Well, and when you say everything, that must include <laughs> the book of Revelation. It Wait, does. <laughs> I, I I just enjoyed so much the way your book began, where you admitted that, no, you you had kind of been ignoring this book because it's intimidating and it's scary. Yeah. And, and we think that what we have to come out of reading and studying the book of Revelation is a chart. And, oh, and it's, it's really scary to have to put together a chart because if you don't do it right, like you get the chart wrong. Mm-hmm. So so what, what, what turned the corner for you? Why did you... Uh, say, no, I, I have to stop ignoring this book. I've got to dig in. No, I, I would say two things, Randy. Uh, first of all, the promise that is at the very beginning and the end of the book. Uh, verse three of chapter one says, blessed are those who read this book, those who hear and keep what is written in it. And I remember the first time I was supposed to teach Revelation and started reading and, and came across that. I was just like, 
my goodness, is there any promised blessing from God that I would look at it and say, you know, I don't really need that. Uh, and the answer is absolutely no. And uh-huh. so I, I want this blessing of hearing and, and, and keeping it. And so that means I've got to grow in some skills of being able to hear and understand its message communicated uniquely through this genre of apocalyptic prophecy but I would I do so believing that you know as I gain some unfamiliar skills in being able to rightly understand that unique genre of literature, I believe in the perspicuity of Scripture and that it will open up to me, and that uh, God does want me to understand this message so that I can live it out so that that second part of that promise, it's not only those who hear it, those who keep it, you know, those who mm-hmm. live according to this message, those who properly respond and conform their lives to the unique calls of this book. And so that's what I want to do. And so mm-hmm. that to me has been why it's been so worth investing myself in seeking to understand it. Well, and I, I think you've really served the readers really well in this book because because you, you just said uh, we need to develop some skills because probably the, the, the first time people read Revelation, they may not necessarily feel blessed. They may feel <laughs> confused, may feel so confused <laughs> and intimidated and, or, or maybe even discouraged. I, 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 I mm-hmm. hate to say that, but I think that could happen. So what you've done with your book is try to help people develop the kinds of reading interpretive skills so that in fact it does lead to great blessing. Let, yeah. let me ask you this. So when at, at some point reading the book of Revelation, you received blessing as a result of reading this and studying this, what, what, what were some of those blessings for you personally, mm. if I can be that pointed? Yeah. Well, I might challenge the premise of the question a touch, if you don't mind, Randy, because the blessedness that's described here, it's in very eschatological terms, Um, you know, because it's kind of counterintuitive toward thinking Mm -hmm. about what we perceive as, let's equate blessedness to the good life, maybe. All right. So it's very counterintuitive to what we would think would be the good life. Uh, in the here and now, because um, the book of Revelation, like we think of Matthew 5 as being these beatitudes that Jesus spoke in the Sermon on the Mount, but Revelation also has a set of beatitudes. It has seven beatitudes, blessed are those statements. But honestly, Randy, most of those blessings that are described in these blessed statements, they're not for you and me here and now. They're, they're very future focused. So, you know, for mm. example, one of them is blessed are those who die in the Lord. Mm. So, um, you know, that, that's very future focused. It, it's speaking, you know, to its first audience was believers who were facing very real persecution yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in their day. And many were beginning to be put to death for their faith. And so here, so we always, whenever we study the Bible, we want to ask first, what was the intended message for the original audience? So Mm -hmm. that's a really important, we talked earlier about skills, 
for understanding Revelation. That's an important right. skill, actually, for understanding all of the Bible. But I think it's uniquely important for Revelation that we just mm. we think, okay, so what did this mean for the original hearers? Why right. did they need to hear that they were going to be blessed to die in the Lord? Because facing death for their bold allegiance to Jesus Christ was a very real and present possibility. Mm-hmm. Now, it it is for many people in our day, Randy. You and I live in a time and in a place where it's that seems a little bit outside our um, our probable experience. But we know that there are many people today who live with that very stark reality. And so here, the book of Revelation, they they look at that promise to the to the original recipients of this book. And, and they realize, okay, this is still the case for me today. I can face uh, death out of allegiance to Jesus Christ and know that while the world might look at that and see defeat, the world will see tragedy. The world would say, oh, that's just senseless. No, I'm getting heaven's perspective on life and death out of this book, Revelation. And what it's showing me is that actually that will be victory, not Mm. defeat. And actually that will lead into ultimate blessedness. It's not going to be a curse to die in the Lord. And that points to the necessity, Randy, of being joined by faith to Jesus Christ. Sometimes I think people are always looking, you know, we always want something, and I'm going to put air quotes around this, something practical in the Bible. And so, you know, people will be evaluating what book they want to study here or what study they want to go to, whatever. And they say, oh, well, we need something practical. And I would say that the most practical thing you will ever get out of your study of the Bible is to see the beauty the necessity and the sufficiency of Jesus Christ and the urgency that you become joined to him by faith because it is your only hope. My only hope, your only hope for living a life in this world right now that anybody would call genuinely blessed. I mean, there's the Instagram version of blessed, but we're not really interested in that. (laughs) <laughs> we, want, we want something deeper and richer and, frankly, more eternal, mm. less fleeting than that. Mm. And that's the blessedness that Revelation is setting out before us. This oh, good, eternal, good. unimpeachable, <laughs> tangible blessedness that comes by being joined to Christ by faith right now. And the the way Revelation presents that to us, that's a picture of being sealed to Christ, of being protected Mm. by Christ when judgment falls, and then entering into the new creation, that face-to-face experience with him. I mean, that's what it means to be blessed. I regularly talk about uh, all of the resources that we put together at the C.S. Lewis Institute. I want to highlight one right now. Uh, It's our Keeping the Faith, and it is a whole library and collection of resources for you, parents and grandparents. It's a whole entire program with courses and materials uh, that have been developed to equip you 
parents and grandparents and other caring adults for intentional discipleship of the children that God has placed in your life. And um, uh, this, we've got videos, we've got articles, we've got study courses. Uh, this is one of the things we've, we've made as a major emphasis on our newly designed, award-winning uh, website. And I really want to encourage you to check it out. And even if you are not um, a parent, um, that you'll check it out and recommend it to the parents that you know, or perhaps use it at your church in Sunday school. There, it's a wealth of things, uh, resources for uh, equipping the next generation of disciples. Man, well, uh, you, you write in the book uh, a, a nice summary statement. You say, if, if someone were to ask you what the book of Revelation is about, a good answer would be, quote, Revelation is a call to patient endurance of tribulation as we await the coming of Christ's kingdom in all its fullness, unquote. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, you, you're right, that, that may not hit people as practical, but um, it's amazingly valuable and it's amazingly yes. uh, strengthening for that kind of endurance. Um, so I, I, um, I found myself reading your book and, and at places thinking, okay, what, what, what kind of book is this, this book, Blessed? Because it, it is a what commentary. What did you decide? <laughs> well, it's a kind of commentary, but, it's, but one unlike most commentaries that I've read in that it was so accessible and so worshipful. I think that's the word. Oh, um, boy, I hope so. You... Um, you point out early in the book that one of the things that the book of Revelation does is perhaps more than many books of the Bible, not all for sure, but it, but it engages our imagination. It gives us mm -hmm. these pictures. Mm -hmm. And if we get bogged down with, okay, now how is this image different from this image? We've missed something crucial. We want to say, how, why, why did God give us this image of seals and mm -hmm. um, uh, 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 lampstands? What, what, what kind of emotions do those evoke and trigger? And so um, I don't know. Well, it doesn't matter what genre your book is. It's a very, very helpful <laughs> book, and it walks through the whole entire book of Revelation. So uh, I found it very helpful. But like the book of Revelation, sparking uh, imagination and emotion. Boy, I sure hope so. You know, um, we want we want to we want to love God with our minds, right? So we want to invest and engage our minds with His revelation, with what He has said and what He is explaining to us. But the beautiful and I think pretty unique. Thing about Revelation is he's setting before us pictures, so yeah. many pictures. And if we think about that original audience, how was this getting communicated to them? Well, you know, somebody was taking around this letter and they were going around to these seven churches and they were standing up in front of this group and, and reading it. And so, you know, originally everybody's not dissecting every word, rather this person is standing up reading and he's drawing this picture this this uh, vibrant, engaging picture of reality that maybe the people of his day cannot see with their eyes, 
because it they can you know they can only see this life with their eyes but what god is revealing remember this is revelation something is being revealed a curtain is being drawn back so we can see something and what is this revelation allowing us to see well it's allowing us to see both earthly and heavenly realities from the perspective of heaven now think about that a minute that that that's just mind-boggling and amazing isn't it that god would give that to us that we don't have to go through this life and make decisions about how we're going to live in this world and assume perhaps that that we've been left alone in this world or that the way things are now or the way it's always going to be or that this world has been just surrendered to random chance or fate or whatever. But instead, we have this divine revelation that was given to John to write down for us so that Mm. the curtain can be pulled back and Mm. we can actually see things in this world, forces in this world, governments in this world, society, uh, materialistic things, that we can see reality, get it from heaven's perspective and see actually Mm. see into the spiritual battle being waged between that ancient serpent and the warrior Christ and we can see what's all underneath some of the temptation and some of the persecution and confusion in our world today. Mm. We don't have to just deal with it, not knowing what's going on. No, we've been given this revelation so that we will understand what's going on underneath it and behind what we can see. And so that we will know how to live um, depending on Christ, um, finding our refuge and solace and wisdom and value and meaning in Christ instead of this world. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think I had a, this, this recurring thought as I was reading through your book that this perspective we've been given by God is so much better than all of the other perspectives that people kind of hang on to in uh, in other worldviews or something. If if the only thing we have to hang on to is collecting things, uh, oh my goodness, for us to have or what a diminished life. Or um, uh, you, I did not laugh much reading your book, but I laughed in one place, and I can't, <laughs> I, can't I can't resist sharing this with our listeners, and um, uh, I. You said, this is a quote from Nancy Guthrie, the author of that. I'm so scared to know what you're going to read. I'm trying to think about stretching this out longer to make you more nervous, but I'm not going to do it. wrote, anyone who tells you that you can have your best life now and suggests that this is the message of the Bible is lying to you. (laughs) I thought that was well said and worthy of serious laughter. I spent a long time Mm. enjoying that. Um, uh, I won't ask who you had in mind, but, um, but, 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 um, but that the variations of that theme are, are dominant in our world. Yeah. And And on our Christian world. Oh, yes. But I'm not going to go there. Um, (laughs) well, but, 
but it's so empty. It can't work. It can't, yeah. it can't help us through the kinds of challenges that life throws at us that, 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 that are the realities of living in a fallen world. And we need well, well, the weight of what revelation teaches and says, yeah. you know, Randy, I, I know you're, you're not wanting to poke at anybody, but let me just say this. I mean, it, it, when suffering comes into our life, that's when what we really believe is revealed. Mm-hmm. Not what, not what it says on the, you know, belief statement at our church, but what we really believe. And the truth is that in, in modern day West, the health and wealth gospel has very much infiltrated even Orthodox mm-hmm. faith. We, we, we don't even realize how we've absorbed it until yeah. the bottom drops out. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, you know, one thing about me and my ministry, and maybe you know this or maybe you don't, Randy, but my husband and I, we, we, we have a living son who's 32, and then we have two children who have died. Mm-hmm. And for the past 14 years, David and I have hosted weekend retreats for couples who have faced the death of a child. And mm-hmm. so, you know, these couples, they come from all different kinds of, you know, uh, religious or denominational background. And so many of them arrive so angry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're so angry because what they really expected, maybe nobody ever said this straight out, but what they'd imbibed about what the Christian life is all about is, you know, I make a commitment to Christ and, you know, I get on his team and he gets on my team. Mm-hmm. And then I use prayer as my mechanism to get him to, uh, you know, to, to preserve my life from any pain or difficulty. And, and so it, it's not until pain, unbearable, unspeakable loss mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. comes into their life that they real, even realize that that was their expectation of God, that yeah. he was supposed to keep them from loss. And, and what exposes that that was their expectation is their anger toward him. That sense mm. of you have not done right by me. You, you have not lived up to this deal. You've not lived up to what I at least assumed you had promised me when I, I, I came to Christ. And so, you know, actually Revelation's message is so pertinent to that because, mm-hmm. you know, you get into like Revelation 6 and 7 and it's this picture of these persecuted believers it says that, that what John can see, he can see the souls of martyrs. So people who have been killed for their allegiance to Christ, these souls of martyrs, and he, he hears what they're saying to God. And what they're doing is they're crying out and they're saying to God, how long? I mean, I, yeah. I hear the tears in their voices when I read it in Revelation yeah. 6 and 7. Yeah. Yeah. How long? Basically, God, how long are you going to let the con- let evil in the world have its way. How long are you going to allow the enemies of the gospel to put to death fellow believers? And so when I read that in Revelation, here's here's what I want to hear God to say. Well, let's just be done with that. I'm done right now. I mean, (laughs) we're just not going to let anyone else die for Mm. their faith and allegiance to me. And that is not his answer. He basically says you're gonna have to wait until the full number 
Mm. of those who in his sovereign plan he has determined are going to lose their lives out of allegiance for him until that full number comes in. And boy, you know, you read that and that, that can just really mess with you if you're thinking that Christianity is all about God protecting you from any kind of suffering. Because then you've got to wrangle with the reality of who God is and his sovereign plan uh, in history and where that plan is headed and frankly, what that might mean for you in your life. We here at the C.S. Lewis Institute are delighted to tell you um, our newly redesigned website has been given an award. We're an early winner of the Gold Award by the .com awards uh, agency. Uh, they uh, hand out very few of these awards for excellence in web creativity and digital communication. This year's competition was had entrants from 2,500 entries or, or even more, designers, developers, content producers. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And we are so very grateful that we were given this award. Uh, we thank you. Uh, for your prayers for this ministry and support for our ministry. This uh, redesign took a lot of time, a lot of work, and a lot of money. And we would love for you to be joining us as a financial supporter of our ministry for paying for these kinds of things and also the great materials that we produce and the events that we do. So please prayerfully consider if you're not a regular monthly supporter of our ministry, we'd love to have you as a partner in that way. Um, or if it's only uh, uh, occasional gifts, we take those too. But we really need uh, your help. So we hope that you can go to our website, cslewisinstitute.org forward slash give. Thanks. But you know, you, you, you express it uh, so well because it, it brings about the hope that we have in the gospel. And I, I'm I'm really grateful that you shared about um, the pain your family has gone through. And and I've seen how your ministry has helped so many people going through very similar things and the loss of a child. And um, the contrast is so stark of the hope we have in the gospel, even in the midst of excruciating pain, contrasted with there's no hope whatsoever in in other perspectives and yeah. without the cross well those kind of things then are just a really horrible cruel joke yeah. um and so you you didn't shy away from that in your book you didn't just now and i'm really grateful for that um it really gives people this sense of stability and strength and endurance at the same time, acknowledging just how very, very difficult life can be in these places. Yeah. Um, so I'm really very grateful that that um, uh, I'm I, I'm 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 sad that your family had to go through that. That has given you a platform to be able to speak with a great deal of uh, credibility, to say the very least. So thank well, you for being willing to do those kind of workshops for people. Certainly. You know, and here, here's the thing where that comes around back in Revelation, Randy, is that, you know, maybe another reason people avoid Revelation is there's so much about judgment hmm, and, quite a bit. And, and God's wrath. And mm. I mean, there's a, there's a part of us that we're just, 
we're really uncomfortable with that. Doesn't sound like good news. And we just always want to, you know, end on good news. And I think ultimately we're a little bit afraid that somebody who is, who in our view doesn't deserve it is going to come under God's wrath in a way. And boy, that, you know, that's just really uncomfortable. So we really need to hear what Revelation tells us about judgment. And, you know, one thing that, that we reckon with when we see what Revelation reveals about judgment is how people who are in heaven, how they view God's judgment. And what's shocking uh, is that they're celebrating it. Yeah, yeah. They're not embarrassed by it at all. And in fact, over and over again, they say to God, you know, your judgments are just and altogether righteous and true. And so Mm -hmm. from heaven's perspective, they can see that God's judgment is always perfectly just. But the other big thing that I, I think about for judgment in terms of especially for people who have experienced injustice and Lord knows, Randy, that most parts of the world, when you start talking about injustice, so many people live under corrupt governments and mm. in environments that they never expect that justice will be done. Yeah. But more right. than that, when I think about people who have experienced abuse, violence, who have had their innocence taken from them, who have experienced evil in very tangible, real ways. And maybe the cry of their heart is, God, when are you going to do something mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. the evil in the world? You know, mm. can I trust that Justice is going to be done. Can I entrust vengeance to you? You say vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Well, when is that going to happen? Can I really count on that? And I just think that's why you need the book of Revelation. Because you're going to see it in very tangible terms that, yes, you do have to wait. But you won't have to wait forever. Because you can be sure that justice will be done. Mm-hmm. Better than you could ever expect to do it. Right. It will be right. done perfectly. It will be done right in time. And if you wonder what is God going to do about all of the evil injustice in the world, Revelation shows you. He's mm. going to deal with it. You don't, you don't have to be afraid that anybody is going to get away with anything. Either, either justice is going to be done, uh, that person those systems, whatever, are going to experience it, you know, or it's been dealt with at the cross, one or the other. Mm. Uh, But justice will be done. And revelation is really, its message about judgment is really good news in those terms. Yes, yes. Um, uh, There's so many more uh, directions we could go. We're kind of coming to the end of our time. um, And if there are specific things you want to really make sure to say, um, please do so. But I, I want to land here. You have a statement that that I, I highlighted, and it has just sparked in my mind a kind of a meditation of thinking what this looks like. You wrote, what we're being called to here, and here being in the entire book of Revelation, but in the particular part you were, um, what we're being called to here is not separatism, but distinctiveness. Can you spell that out for us a little bit? What 
I, I think people understand the idea of separatism. Well, don't be part of the world and separate yourself and you don't even, you know, get involved in those things. But but you're saying that this the, the book of Revelation is calling us to distinctiveness. Can you mm-hmm. can you help our help us grasp that a little bit more? Yeah. Well, throughout the book of Revelation, you know, like uh, believers, they're they're described as wearing white robes. You know, it's mm. this symbolic picture of righteousness. And I, I think when we see that picture, we're, we're meant to understand both the righteousness of Christ given to us as a gift in place of our own filthy rags of unrighteousness. But I also think that the writer of Revelation is very concerned that this, that the grace that has cleansed us and provided the righteousness of Christ to us, that it goes to work in us and it works its way out through us in the way that we live. And it just means that you and I just have a whole different way of looking at the world and looking at our lives and a whole different way of of, of what we're aiming for in life than our neighbors who have no hope in Christ. Than our neighbors who have no expectation of judgment, uh, our, our neighbors who have no um, knowledge of a Christ who has died for them and a Holy Spirit who has sealed them to Christ and is at work in them, sanctifying them for what purpose? For the purpose of entering once again into the presence of a holy God. That's what the whole of the the book of the Bible, that's the whole of the Bible has been about. I mean, Revelation isn't just an interesting book. It's the way the Bible concludes. And it it shows us where you and I, where our lives and where this whole world is headed. And, you know, the, the, the Bible began with God um, creating a realm, Eden, where he could live with his people, Adam and Eve, and sin put an end to that. And Adam and Eve were ejected from the garden because of their sin. And throughout the rest of the Bible, we've been, we've been looking to see how is God going to deal with human sin in such a way that he can welcome us back into his presence? Because Mm. that's what he's always been about. That's what that tabernacle was about and that temple and then him becoming flesh to live among us, to dwell among us. He wants to be with us. Don't ask me why, Randy. I totally don't get what that is, except I just take it by faith. He says that he loves us and he wants to be with us. And his goal throughout the Bible, he says, I'm going to be their God and they're going to be my people and I'm going to dwell with them. And so when we come to the end of Revelation, we read in Revelation chapter 21, verse three, we read this incredible statement, behold, the dwelling place of God is now with man and he will be their God. And they will be his people and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there's going to be no more sorrow and no more death. And that's where the future is headed. And you and I just to have that hope held out to us, that gives us something so different to live for than just getting a new car or a nicer house or, you know, even getting our kids educated and well married or, you know, any of those things. It's, it's just such a far greater purpose and future to orient our lives toward. Mm. Oh, that's wonderful. That's really, really wonderful. And I, 
Um, I, I, I hope our listeners grasp just a touch of the wonder in your voice. Uh, it's in your book. It's it's in the book of Revelation. It's this this marvel of of God wants to be with us. He wants us to be with Him, and 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 th- there is a certain element of really how how could that be? How could we? And yet, that's the wonder and uh, the 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 uh, the difficulty of putting words to. The, the majesty of the gospel. And um, uh, I'm sorry to bring this to a close, but uh, I, I want our listeners to get excited about reading the book of Revelation and also reading your book, Less, uh, to help them uh, develop some of those skills and those muscles. Um, Nancy, thank you for joining us for this uh, conversation. Uh, I, I, I will pray for God to bless your various ministries, your writing ministry, those workshops for grieving parents, those workshops for women and biblical theology. Uh, you, you've got, um, uh, the Lord has blessed you with some great gifts and I'm really grateful that we had this conversation. Thank you, Randy. It's been great being with you and your listeners. Uh, to our listeners, we want, just want to say we hope this podcast, this episode, all of the podcasts, uh, all of the resources that we provide for you through the C.S. Lewis Institute will be uh, strengthening for you, help you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Thanks for joining us.